Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Hillary. Hi everyone, I'm Hillary, compulsive overeater. Hi, um, it's really awesome to be here. This is an amazing meeting. I am really humbled to be standing up here today. Just to kind of get the numbers out of the way, I was filling out the form beforehand and I, I remember it. So I came into the program in 2006. Um, it's been a little over three years. I'm 28 years old today. Um, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to um, pass around some photos. These are like, what I wanted to do with these is kind of show the progression of the disease, and I was looking over them this afternoon, and um, I wish I had some from earlier on, but the earliest one I have, they're in chronological order, is um, like like high school, late high school. What I see in these pictures are, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I see in these pictures because my body image is so distorted, like so distorted. I was looking at these and like, well, do I look bigger in this picture or this picture? Or this picture? Like, it never ends, even today. So, you know, here are the pictures, and um, what I what I do see in them is, like, my spirit. You know, like, I see some happy, joyous, and free. I see some major pain. Um, there's a picture there right before I came in the program where I was on a cruise with my family, and it was definitely at my bottom. It was definitely at my bottom. And it's a picture of this dinner. And I was crying before I went to dinner because, like, again, I was trying to put on this pair of pants, and, you know, they just didn't fit right, you know. And it was the biggest pair of pants I had, and the thought, oh, my God, it's happening again. Like, how could you let this happen was just really powerful. Like, I can barely smile in that picture. So that was definitely, definitely the bottom. And then shortly thereafter, I came into program. But to kind of start out kind of earlier on, um, you know, I've always had memories of food. Food was always really important. And I remember, like, I have memories of family vacations, and I remember where we stopped to eat on the way. And, you know, I'll recount that to my family, and they'll be like, yeah, we totally stopped at Harris Ranch before we went to, you know, blah, blah. And um, they kind of look at me quizzically, you know, and I'm like, how can we, you know, like, how can you remember that? And I want to say, how can you not remember that? Um, it's so important to me. I danced all growing up. Um, I think I was probably, you know, five or six when I started. So I really grew up in front of a mirror um, with other little girls in leotards and tights. And I remember kind of the moment where it was like the bite of the apple. Like, I don't think I had this shame about my body until we were doing our little steps and um, this one girl made a comment about my rear end. And it's like, shame, 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 from then on out. You know, and I didn't realize that feeling that I walked around with, um, that I just, like, I just hated my body, and I just, none of it was right. Um, it's just, I didn't know that was shame until I walked into these rooms. And um, it's really a powerful feeling. And, um, you know, going along, it's very ironic someone pointed out to me how, how much I danced and how much I loved that, and yet it's so ironic because it's the body stuff and the food stuff that goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, that, it's like love-hate, like, love love the activity, just 
like hate the tool or something weird like that. But, you know, I grew up in a family where there's an ism. You know, someone's habit in my family happens with someone's behavior with alcohol happens to bother me today. I know that. But there's just a lot of ism. Huge rigidity, compulsion. Um, I kind of joke about it, but, you know, my dad, God bless his soul, you know, coats the coffee maker when he cleans it. You know, they haven't fixed their washing their dishwasher in a really long time. So you set a timer and then open the dishwasher and then put the soap in. It's like, why doesn't why does you just get a dishwasher? So there's this, this compulsion, like always per- picking the farthest place to park and walking, not using the electric garage door, but like unhooking the electricity so you lift it up. I don't know, you know. All I know is that as a really young kid, I didn't realize that stuff wasn't quite normal, you know, and God knows that my parents have their own stuff. Um, My mom used to say that she would get really anxious when she was little and she would, like, clean pots. So, you know, there's stuff there. And I think, you know, thank God I ate when I was little. Like, thank God I had this, like, food because I don't – there was so much going on around me that I didn't really get, I you know, who knows what would have happened. Um so I danced a lot, really, really responsible, really focused, um, really, like, the goody-goody, you know. And I say that, you know, just by the, like, not only by the rules, I was the rules. You know, I so didn't want you to see me or know I was there or do anything harmful that I just did it all right, or at least I really wanted to do it all right. And, um, let's see, kind of fast forward to high school or, you know, junior high, I, um, I honestly thought there was something wrong with me in terms of my development. Um, I thought I was, like, underdeveloped, and then I developed, and I was like, all right, let's go back, back there, you know, I don't want, you know, to be a woman. And, um, so, um, yeah, it's so funny how, yeah, I thought there was something wrong, like, I was, I was different, like, never wanting to be different, wanting to really blend in, to be just like everyone else. And so, yeah, so puberty, yay. Um, since I danced so much, like, I really had this shame of of my body. It, just, it couldn't be small enough. It just couldn't be small enough. And I read, read magazines um, that would talk about these girls who were gymnasts or dancers or whatever athletes, and they wouldn't get their period. And I was like, that's how you know. You know that you're skinny enough when you stop having a normal biological function. You know, like, that's not right. Um, but I just was like, okay, that's the sign, you know, and I just, I filed that back away. And I have a picture of my, my friend and I when we were in junior high, and again, this is an illustration of, like, the, the dysmorphia, I guess. I just don't know how I look. She's a competitive gymnast, and, you know, I was me, um, always feeling just bigger, just always, like, feeling like this, like, this is how I feel when I stand next to you, whoever you are, and we're basically wearing the same thing, and we look identical, you know, but I can tell you at that moment, I've never felt that way, really never felt that way, um, so dancing, dancing, um, high school, um, really, I guess you could say over-programmed, like, I, but it was almost by choice. Um, you know, Hebrew school and bat mitzvah and dance rehearsals and playing the clarinet and um, at a really, you know, academically competitive high school. It wasn't if you were going to college, it's when and where. Um, but feeling like I never had a choice. Like, you know, I would go to dance rehearsal and then I would come home and I would go to bed for a couple hours and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and in order to stay up at like 3 o'clock in the morning, do my homework, I had to eat. I had to eat to stay awake. 
I, so I'd make myself like a breakfast or a snack or whatever. And then I would like do my homework and have another breakfast and go off to school. And this is kind of something that I haven't really talked about much in program, but I definitely have food sensitivities. And I think an illustration of the disease is how willing I was to eat these things that caused me so much pain and discomfort, but I would do it anyway. I didn't know I had a choice. I would do it anyway, and I would cause myself physical pain and anguish and it was like, you know, like, okay. Um, I didn't realize I could do something different. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I just did it because it's like I had to. I just didn't have any choices. So, you know, that kind of, that behavior kind of continued. Um, but I was dancing a lot. So, you know, maybe the food that I ate didn't show up as much on my body. Um, I don't know. Um, I was a senior in high school and where I danced, um, there was, um, you know, in high school, when you kind of graduated, you got to a point maybe where you had more experience or more um, skills, and so you got maybe a better part. And so I was Snow Queen in the Nutcracker, and that's kind of, I feel like it's kind of like the roller coaster was getting like up to the hill, and then like that's where it started all going down. Um, and through no fault, I think of, I think it's a combination of things. I can't really hold anyone responsible because I know today I have a disease and I was hardwired for this, you know, regardless. So it was, okay, Hillary, now, you know, you need to lose weight. And I just remember being like, just kind of like, I don't know, it was uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. And here, take these pills. And my mom said, okay. And then we pulled out her diet book from, like, the 70s, and this was, like, in the late 90s. And um, I just remember, like, white-knuckling it and having to go to school and being really hungry and hating it because not only did I have to go to rehearsal and everything, but in order to maintain whatever weight loss, and again, I don't know if you'd taken me to the doctor. I don't know what they would have said. Would they have said I was overweight? I don't know. But... Anyway, I um, was like, okay, fine, you know, they said to do this. I'm a by-the-rule type of girl, so I will do what they tell me to do. And so I took these pills, which, you know, um, I know today my mom, that's what my mom came from, so of course she didn't know any difference. So of course that's, you know, she said okay. Um, White-knuckling it, being starving, I had to take these walks. Like, we lived up on a hill, and I had to go to rehearsal and take these walks, like, up and down this hill in order to maintain the weight loss. If you said that to me today, I'd be like, well, with the amount that you exercise, like, it was just really hard to um, do this weight loss thing, you know? So that's why I'm like, was I really overweight? I don't know. Um, but I resented it. Such deep resentment. You know, it's, it's so emotional for me today. And, you know, whatever, whatever, um, did the part, you know, the fear of being in front of people, having my partner lift me on stage and just being like, oh my God, are his like arms going to like shake so they can tell how hard he's working to hold me up there. Um, really like a huge preoccupation with my body and, um, feeling then I think even more so that I was wrong and flawed in some physical way and forgetting that I had all these other talents or all these other benefits as a person when, you know, my focus was, like, it's your body that matters. You know, it's what you look like. It's the size of your clothes, that sort of thing. You know, that's the important part. So, really, in a – I told everyone after that, you know, well, I want to be a normal teenager and get a job and this and that from, you know, my last um, 
semester in high school, but really, to be honest with you guys, it was a big F you to all my, all, to everyone, like, F you for telling me that I'm too heavy to do this part. If I wasn't right for it, why didn't you just say I wasn't right for it? You know, why do I have to change? Um, and F you to my parents, and F you to my dance teachers, all of that, just, but I, I could, I didn't have a voice, I couldn't say, you know, I'm so hurt by this, or I just didn't know how I felt. Um, I don't think I realized how hurt I was. So I did this, and I, you know, after you do all of that physical activity, and then you stop being a compulsive overeater, you know, the weight comes on. Um, so there's a picture there, one's from a, a dance where, you know, when I was dancing, and one was senior year after. And I'm wearing the same dress, but to, when I look at the picture, I see it fits differently, and I feel like my face looks different. So yeah, you know, I did gain weight. It just, it happened. You can't, I can't sustain that eating without the exercise. So went off to college, which I think, you know, I often say is really like the blossoming garden of eating disorders, where there's so much, there's pressure, there's food I never ate before in quantities, there's, um, you know, my mom wasn't there to say, Hillary, are you sure, are you sure you're hungry? I would always say I was hungry. Yes, I'm hungry. Because to me, the only logical response to, are you sure you're hungry, was, I am hungry. Get the hell off my back. I'm going to eat it if I fucking want to. Leave me the fuck alone. Um, that was the only thing I could say. And and I, I, was, I wasn't really ever hungry. I mean, I was. But when I was having the, the compulsive eating, you know, those extra bites here and there, I wasn't hungry. I just wanted to eat it. But I didn't know today that that was, like, my compulsion and my obsession. So, yeah, you know, having someone watch your food, like, honey, are you sure? Um, sorry, Mom, do you ever hear this? Um, you know, it just... It's just, it's hard, it's just hard, and then it just sets up, like, the voice, like, are you sure? Are you sure? You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do, and the voice starts. Um, but in college, you know, it was, it was like, oh, Ben and Jerry's comes in one serving size, and it's a pint, you know, and people who didn't eat like me, and um, just, yeah, the pressure. And as a compulsive overeater, how did I deal with pressure in high school? I ate through it. So, yes, you know, I did gain weight when I went away to school. Um, and I remember um, kind of coming home and, like, people joke about that. You know, oh, you go to school and you gain weight. And I guess I had that set up that that was going to be me. Um, I went, came home, and you can kind of see, like, you could see the look in my parents' eyes. Like, you could see, I don't know, I felt I could see their disappointment. Like, oh, it happened or something. I don't know, discomfort again. And um, so I bought new clothes and whatever, and I wasn't dancing. Um and obviously there was probably some, like, again, shame that I wasn't in the right shape uh, to do that or I didn't want to. Um, so I just, I mean, college was college was really good, I have to say. You know, the, the food stuff there was really interesting. Um, and it wasn't until, like, I was there for, you know, two years in. I was like, okay, I can dance again. You know, I can go back to dancing. But it was really my body image issues that really I had to tell myself, like, look, you know, you're not going to be in class with girls who are a lot younger than you, so you don't have to compare yourself to them. Like, just go. You know, you're a woman. You're an adult. Just go. So I did. You know, and I think in a way that was a little bit of, of just a touch of recovery. Like, put the body stuff aside. If you love doing it, go do it. And I I started to get back into it and it was really good it was really a blessing to know that you know I was just there for the love of the activity and not necessarily for you know any kind of um, I don't know the way um, 
my body or anything. There was no competition, really. That was the thing. There was really no competition. Um, although, let's be honest, as a compulsive overeater, there was always competition, especially in the body department. Like, look, how does she, how does she look? How does it? I could get my leg higher than her if I didn't have this or that or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was always there. It's always there. So, um, sophomore year, sophomore year, um, I got a boyfriend. Um, guy who I really, really liked. We had a lot of common interests. It was great, you know, and it was great, and it kind of snuck up on me. Um, didn't date in high school, really busy. Um, I think that does play a lot into the shame and, and shame of sexuality and all of that. There's definitely there. But um got into my first relationship, and um, it was really interesting because there were times when the food was the food obsession was just lifted, and I've heard a lot of people in these rooms share about that. It was just like it just didn't matter. Like I felt so good that I didn't need that piece of whatever or that or this. Like I didn't need it. I just felt so good. And um, we it was two years, and then I graduated from um, from from college. And we he graduated a year earlier, and he kind of started his professional life. Um, and so we kind of started our lives together um, in this, this like, post-college adult way. And once I graduated from college, I was like, all right, college is done. Let's get a handle on this body stuff. So, you know, XY diet worked for me in high school, so let's go back to that. And, you know, now, again, like, okay, it's, it's Monday. You know, Monday is the day. I mean, we all know Monday can be any day. Um, but Monday for me was, was after college. So I was probably, I think I was about 20 pounds heavier than I, than I am now. Um, it took me the next, like, two and a half years to lose 25 pounds. And to me, of course, it's horrible. Can I have just that? That's horrible. 25 pounds is nothing. Like, you know, all the thoughts, you're not good enough, you're doing it wrong. Um, and it's, it's just an interesting progression. But in those two and a half years, I got crazier and crazier and more obsessed and, you know, um, so I started on this diet and there was some counting and this and that. And I was like, okay, I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm willing to weigh and measure. I'm willing to portion things out. Um, and I felt, I felt good about myself. And I remember I was living um, south of here and I would come home and I'd lost weight. And, like, I just felt like I could see the light in my parents' eyes. It was just like light was shining out of them and big hugs and now I don't know if that was if that was true or if that was just me like I felt like oh my god my, I'm so worthy and so valuable now that I have that I weigh you know less less that I just felt better about myself that could very well be as well um so I'm going along got my first job um it was funny during um probably that year maybe probably before before I started the dieting, um, my boyfriend and I were going to, like, take a vacation. And um, God, God help him, or help him before we went. And I had, like, a two-piece bathing suit, and it was the first two-piece bathing suit. I think I had two at that time. And we were going he, – he wasn't really fond of the sun, and this I knew, yet I still wanted to go to Palm Springs. He, like, he, like hated, hated the heat. But I was like, Palm Springs, you know, whatever. So um, here we are, Palm Springs, and I'm trying to put on my bathing suit. For, you know, I burst into tears, so ashamed of my body, um, just feeling terrible. And and when I look back at that, I'm like, again, the disease, you know, rears its head. Like, too ashamed to go out, just, you know, it was just unreal. Like, it was just unreal. So, um, 
you know, feeling, and then not being able to, to write myself, you know, just having the, the boat kind of topple over and just, just thinking, you know, just thinking and feeling more uncomfortable and just not getting, being able to get out of the self-hatred. Um, so that, that happened. And then, yeah, so, you know, we're going along, doing our professional life, whatever, um, professional life, weighing, measuring, going to these meetings, um, la, la, la. Uh, being really rigid about food, period. You know, really rigid about food. Um, you have to go to this restaurant. I can't go to that restaurant. If we go to this restaurant, I have to be able to look up the menu online or have some reference to know that what I'm going to eat. And if I don't know, I would I would freak out. I just it's like if I do anything wrong, if I if I don't do this right, then it's all going to end and it's going to crumble. Just that feeling, just thinking that that I I just it had to be this way. And if it wasn't this way, it's not going to work. Um, I mean, really, real rigidity. And there were meals where I would cry because they didn't have the food I wanted or this and that. And, um, you know, poor guy. He's a total normie. Today he still is. He has muffins in the freezer that he doesn't eat for months and months. And I, I'm like, he's normal. Like, I don't get how that happens. I should say, it's funny, my, in terms of, like, my family, do I, I don't take their inventory. Um, I would, you know, I'd, sometimes I would look at them and be like, where did I come from? Because, you know, my dad is, like, the clean plate club president. And, you know, just does not, you know, just not an ounce on him. And just, could just eat, he still, still can eat whatever he wants. And my mom, um, when I started my life down the dieting path um, after college, I introduced her to it. I'm like, oh, this is so great. You need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And she did. And she did it better than I did. And she now goes to that program for free and, Took me a while to kind of get get over that. Whether she's one of us, I don't know. She handles it. Um, so let's see. Yes, measuring, weighing, meetings, needing to lose weight, um, working at a job um, with compulsive overeaters, and in my dieting and craziness, I would portion out. You know, I'd go to three grocery stores to get like all the right ingredients because I would cook. I did like a lot of cooking, cooking and obsessed with the recipes and then creating my own recipes and putting them in a calculator and, you know, make, like, again, portioning, cooking, like, I mean, talk about a life that's small, you know, in your kitchen all day or driving to a thousand grocery stores. And honestly, I went to the grocery stores for fun. I have to say, I could spend hours and years in grocery stores. I just <laughs> loved looking at everything and then I loved looking at the labels and like calculating things and putting them back on the shelf and being like, well, I can have a tablespoon of this, but would you really just eat a tablespoon? No. Um, putting it back, that sort of thing. Um, insanity, because it took up so much time. And towards the end, there was a time when my boyfriend would say to me, I miss you. And I'd be like, why do you miss me? You can't possibly miss me. Why do you miss me? And, like, of course he missed me. I was insane and consumed with cooking and portioning and packaging. And I couldn't go here and I couldn't go there. And it got to a point where I couldn't just do the food plan. I had to do the exercise, too. So I, in junior high school, I we had to do these crazy runs, and I hated running. And I started running. And if that's not, you know, a monkey on your back, like, for me, the fact that I was even willing to run is just crazy. But I wanted to be thin so 
bad. I wanted it so bad. So I was like, fine, like I'll run. And so I would come home from work and I'd do like the ab portion of the workout video first. And But I couldn't stop. Like if I came home and like stopped for a second and like chilled out and maybe had a snack or something, it wouldn't have worked because I would have... I would have stopped, and then I would have probably just kept eating or something. I had to come home, change my clothes. I had to keep going. I had to keep the momentum going, or I wouldn't get out, and I wouldn't run, and then what would happen? Then I'd gain weight, and then I'd be fat, and then my life would be over, and blah, blah, blah. We all know how that goes. So I did that. I'd also found um, I'd stopped dancing after college, and then I started again. So I was, like, running a lot um, for me, uh, dancing, you know, a couple times a week, maybe three, four times a week, and then you know, the weight loss started to slow. Like, it just, it started to slow. Um, at work, I really thought I had an oral fixation. I really thought, there's something wrong with me. Because if I wasn't, I had, like, bags of, like, portioned vegetables. But I was eating them all day long. And then I thought, oh, well, if I, if I eat breakfast, maybe I should eat breakfast at work. So, and rearrange my food times. Like, maybe I should eat at this time instead of this time. And, you know, I eat too early or, you know, all of that. It's like, well, how do I rearrange my food to fix the problem? And so, anyway, it was vegetables and, um, and things changed. Friends moved away. Um, they went, they went off to grad school. They moved away to other cities. I changed living situations. Um, then, yeah, then I, I was in this one living situation, um, kind of where things really started going south and I was, just, I was just trying to hold it together. Like, I think I kind of teetered away from the diet program. Um, there were times when I would sit in this program and be like, I really want to tell you that I ate, like, six half-cup, half-microwaved bowls of Oprah cereal last night. You know, because they'd be like, well, how, how was your week? And how was your week? And that was great, but I didn't really feel like I could tell them this deep, dark secret of all the disgusting stuff that I'd eaten the night before. I mean, not even not even sexy stuff. Like, I'm definitely the person who can relate to, like, I can pretty much, pretty much binge on anything, you know? Like, it doesn't doesn't matter it's food um and I just longed I longed to tell someone that um but it just wasn't appropriate or I didn't feel comfortable um I could see in advance I could see the look like oh my god you're really like you know I don't want to be near you um and I would try and reach out to people um my parents and you know there are normal people out there so they don't relate the way we do in here as I have come to understand so the food, like the weight loss slowed. And and then I, you know, I kind of got scared and I teetered away from this program. And I would still try to exercise, but um, I'm trying to think what happened. I was, it started to be, I, would, I was working out. Um, I would wake up really early. I lived with this girl. I would wake up really early in the morning, like 5, and I'd go down to the gym before work. And, and I really enjoyed that. I'm definitely an early bird. I really like that. But something happened in our living situation, um, and this just, I think I would hope illustrates me as an addict. I'm one of the, like, doormat like, I'm not going to be in your face. I'm going to, like, shrink away so that you don't see me and I don't have to talk to you and confront you and let me just hide. Um, and the food helped me hide. And so she had some issues with me waking up early. And I couldn't express to her how how um, how angry I was. I was so angry. Like, how could I'm not bothering you? Our ha- this house is tiny. I have to go to work. How dare you say I wake up too early on the days even that I that I didn't wake up that early? I had to go to work, um, but I could not express that to her. I could not, and you know there was some inequality in the living situation, and um, I ended up there were days where I would like 
leave. And I wouldn't, it's not that I told her. I would just feel uncomfortable, and I would, like, leave, and I'd go to the store, and I'd just, like, you know, muffins. We'd eat muffins, and I'd just, like, I just need something. I just need a little something. And I, and there were times when, like, I was upset, and I was still eating, and, like, crying, and eating, and I would tell myself, like, Hillary, you're, you're stuffing it in. Like, you're just, you're stuffing your feelings down. And those are words that I hear in this program when I came in here. I heard those words. I was like, I was like, I said that to myself because I could tell, like, all this stuff wants to come out, all these feelings, all this anger, and I just, I didn't know how to let it out, so I pushed it in. And it was kind of, um, and, and that really, I was at my thinnest. I was. Um, and it's on my driver's license. I can show you after. Um, I was, and I was smiling really big in that driver's license picture because, I was so happy that I got to write my lowest weight on my driver's license. And as a compulsive overeater, I, you know, stay on it. It's a thrill. Um, but that was literally for five minutes. Because after that, that living situation, it was painfully apparent to me that that was not working out. My boyfriend and I ended up breaking up. Uh, I started to realize that my job was really not the place for me. And again, like, slowly the roller coaster had gone up and then, you know, another plunge down. Um, really towards, really towards the bottom. And it was like I'd lost this 25 pounds, so then, you know, six months, double the weight. And I remember going home, and, and then it was like, there was a point, I think, where the switch flipped, and I was like, I don't really care what I eat. I don't really care. If I go to coffee shops, you know, twice a day, the whole, um, oh, well, if I go at this time, I, I don't want to go twice within the same shift, because then that person will see me buying, like, baked goods twice. Um, I started to entertain the vending machines, which I've come to understand is one of the, like, best ways of secret eating. Like, it's a machine. You don't even have, there's no person there. It's just a machine. Amazing. Um, and so it was, and I would start to think back on that whole oral fixation. I'm like, well, when I was dieting, it was vegetables. And when I was binging, it was, you know, sugary, floury confections. And, um, again, I think I was really in a situation, especially at work, where, I didn't know myself well enough, and I didn't know how to speak up for myself. And I got into this awkward situation, and all I could do was be like, you know, I have to quit. I have to quit, and I have to go home. Um, and at work, it got to a point where I was leaving work, and, um, I mean, we all – it's so beautiful. We all – I know I say this a lot. Like, I would – let me backtrack. I wake up in the morning and I was so unhappy that I would tell myself, if you just wake up today, you can eat whatever you want. You can have the biggest bowl of whatever. It was just that. And then the food just got worse and worse. And it was like, okay, well, now you can have whatever you want to eat when you go home. And now you can um, – and then it was just discomfort. And I tried to walk it off. I tried to exercise it off, and it didn't work. And so I ended up, um, you know, I left my job. I moved back home with so much shame, so much shame. Like, I was overweight. My mom had to go out with me and buy new pants. Um, I was just so ashamed and I just didn't know what to do. Out of obligation, I felt like I had to try that diet one more time. And it's just, I was like, this is not working. I did it for my parents. I really did. I was like, they look at me and I felt so ashamed. I just couldn't do it. So it's like, all right. And it got to a point, you know, I was, I was just eating all day long. I got a job, ate breakfast when I drove to work, ate my lunch on the way to work, um, it was just constant eating all day long. I had a long commute. So then I'd get off work, eat dinner, drive home, eat another dinner. And I would be like, does my mom know that I already had dinner, you know? Um, anyway, I was in therapy, and I 
said to, I, w- I wouldn't, couldn't even admit it to my therapist, but like finally one day I was just like, I'm just really unhappy with my weight. I just thought that I was doomed to a life that got smaller and smaller and smaller as my pants got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I didn't know anyone who didn't do the yo-yo diet thing. I feel like those were the messages I got. You know, summer comes and you diet and I don't know, then you gain it and you diet and you gain it and you diet. You know, I didn't know anything different. Um, and so she's like, well, why don't you try away? And I was like, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know anything about a 12-step program. I knew nothing. Um, I could probably joke with you if you talked about AA. Like, I knew that's where alcoholics went. Um, but I didn't know what an alcoholic was, and I just didn't know. But I, I could probably fake it. So I walked into this meeting. I was so desperate. I was like, I don't even know what this is. And, of course, the overeater, you know, the image that came into my head was, you know, obesity, discomfort. And I'm like, well, I'm not that bad, you know. I'm not that bad. Um, but I was so uncomfortable and unhappy that I was like, I don't really care. I will go. So I went and I heard someone share who, um, it was a pretty, a pretty dramatic story. I hadn't done what he had done with food yet. I hadn't dropped in the, in the street. I hadn't eaten it like that yet, but I was, um, it could happen. You know, he just he spoke my language with food and I saw these people in these rooms as I kept going to meetings with light in their eyes. They would laugh. They would give each other hugs and I was like, Stay away from me. Like, I don't want what you have. People are weird. I heard the God stuff, and I heard the readings in my first meeting, and I was like, this is weird. Who wrote this? And I felt uncomfortable, but I felt so uncomfortable. And at the same time, I loved what I heard. I was like, I have to come back here. And first, it was kind of for the stories. I'm like, these people kind of have these cool stories, and I don't get to hear this very often. What I heard, I think, was the experience, the strength, and and the hope. You know, I heard the hope, and I was like, well, if he today doesn't eat the way he said he ate, and that sounded pretty crazy, why can't I? I went home from my first meeting, and I, I, there's this, like, my sternum area, like, it was like release. Like, something was just, it just, there was a release. I don't know what it was. And the next morning, I was making my breakfast, and I'm like, I don't really need this much. So I, like, made a different breakfast, and it was just less food. In the meetings, they said, okay, keep coming back, number one. I'm like, fine. If I can't do... If that's all I can do, that's what I'll do. I will keep coming back. Um, even though I'm like, what do you get if you just keep coming back? It sounds totally lame. Because um, I'm a perfectionist. You know, if it's not really hard and really crazy, it's no good. Kept coming back, got a sponsor. They said get a sponsor. I'm like, okay, I'll get a sponsor. So I was going to meetings, and um, this woman spoke, and her message and her share was she had a brother who was in recovery, that he was like, you have to get a sponsor. You have to get a sponsor. And that's all I heard when she was sharing. And so I asked her to be my sponsor. And um, I thank her very much because I wouldn't be here without her. And um, I wouldn't be here without the long-timers, um, the people who I hear in these meetings. I love this meeting. I love being able to hear a really in-depth story. I know I'm not alone because I just thought for so long I was I was the only one who did this stuff with food. My abstinence is I don't eat sugar. I don't eat white flour. I added rice along the way. It's a cunning and baffling and powerful disease. Um, things creep in. They just do. I couldn't eat rice like a lady, so I don't eat it. And you know what? I haven't starved. And the beauty of this program is it's just my story. You know, it just is. Um, and it's just what I, this is just what I do. Anyone else can do whatever they want. They get to work it out with their sponsor. They get to work it out with God. Um, I've met people in these rooms who I think we joke, like, it's like my brain, like a piece of my brain or a piece of her brain got separated and somehow we have the same brain. I have relationships with people in these rooms that are so personal and powerful and intimate and I just don't know where I would be without that because um, in the outside world, God bless the normies, I get you didn't do the diet right. Why don't you just stop eating? 
you know, all that stuff. And that's what they know, and that's great. I need something more. I am not normal when it comes to food. When I started reading the big book, I was like, again, who wrote this? But as I read the stories, I'm like, oh, my God, I totally get it. Like, whiskey and milk, sure. You know, I was like, well, if I just never eat carbohydrates for the rest of my life, then I'll be perfect. You know, you know, if you just do it thi- differently this way or this way, or it was like, why can't I just take a pill, you know, because the food was so hard. Um, so I abstained from those sugary, flowery foods that are my alcoholic foods today. And, you know, three years later, I have a pair of shorts on. I wore them for you guys. Um, I haven't bought shorts in, like, years. You know, like, this part of my leg hasn't seen the light of day in years. Um, and today I have less less shame so I can wear that and I can be comfortable. There's no way on earth I'm going through a summer wearing jeans. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm not willing to live that way today. So, here, you know, here I am. And I, I learned in this program, um, I, I love the first step. Oh, my God. You know, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. And, and was it ever? And I know people say, well, I don't know if I'm powerless. And to me, I was just so sold. I'm so powerless over food. Like, there's just no question. How can I, you know, have, you know, function in all these other areas and um, not with the food? Like, yes, please take this. I have a disease. Please, God, just take this. And that, you know, just kind of snowballs from there. And I have to come to meetings. I have to call my sponsor. Thank you. Um, I know I get the good stuff in this program. That's why I keep coming back. And um, that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, okay. Great. Um, so I have three minutes for questions. Does anyone have any questions? Yes. Uh, how did you brought in your higher power? How did I bring in my higher power? That's a great question. Um, when I was growing up, my religion was, like, historical to me. It was, like, a history story. Um, I really had to listen to the group. People said, well, you know, the higher power can just be the group. God can speak through other people. Because um, part of me didn't really believe there was a God, but there was a kernel that there was something out there. So I just, I used the group. It's like, if all you people can sit and say that you don't do the same things with food that you do, that you that you once did... I can trust that you're telling me the truth, and I will try that myself. Um, so I just, I just kind of thought, okay, and I acted as if, you know, that whole concept of acting as if, like, okay, God, um, just I see other people doing it. I hear other people sharing about how they talk to God, how they pray, and so I was like, okay, I can try it. And little by little, it strengthened. And then these things would happen where I'd be like. I really didn't plan that, or I really wouldn't think that I would have been able to do that or come through it. And it's like, that's my higher power. Um, really briefly, I had a situation at work recently. Um, I planned and planned and planned and planned. And it was like, oh, my God, I have to maximize every minute of this opportunity. And the guy was a photography thing, and his camera broke. And it was like, oh, the relief, you know, that to me shows that there's a higher power. Like, I couldn't have planned that. It just happened, you know. And it's really, it's exactly what I didn't expect to ever happen. So I look for those God shots, those moments that are just kind of beyond what I could have imagined. And then I realize there is a higher power. And I have to practice at it. I really do. Oh, that's it. Okay.